Located just north of downtown Milwaukee, Grafton, Wisconsin is the heart of it all. Bustling festivals, family events, and live entertainment are what we're known for. Business or pleasure, Grafton has it all. With a thriving economy and a warm community, we're the perfect place to get away. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to Getaway to Grafton. Welcome to Getaway to Grafton, the podcast that gives you the behind-the-scenes look of everything happening in Grafton, Wisconsin. I'm really excited about this episode because it's a unique piece of Grafton's history, the Paramount Blues. If you've driven in our downtown, you've noticed our Paramount Plaza with the Walk of Fame, which honors famous and influential blues artists. In this episode, we'll talk about the history of the blues in Grafton, Wisconsin with Kevin Ramsey and Angie Mac Riley. We'll also talk to Kara McMullen about an exciting partnership with the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. Grafton Night at Chasenden Blues is Saturday, February 29th. For $100, you will receive your ticket, transportation to and from the Milwaukee Repertory Theater via coach bus, and a three-course meal with non-alcoholic beverages included. You can still purchase tickets at www.grafton-wi.org. After the commercial break, you'll hear from our next guest, playwright and director of Chase and Dumb Blues, Kevin Ramsey. You won't want to miss this. Fresh produce and homemade goods are in season at the all-new Grafton Winters Farmers Market, proudly sponsored by Aurora Healthcare. Join us on Saturday, February 22nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. inside the Zound Pavilion at Lime Kiln Park. That's at 2020 South Green Bay Road in Grafton. Come experience everything that our new winter market has to offer, including root vegetables, microgreens, baked goods, soaps, lotions, honey, and so much more. Grab lunch at the concession stand and enjoy live music from Samantha Grady. Be sure to stop by the bonfire to roast your own marshmallow. That's the Grafton Winter Farmer's Market, naturally local. For more information, visit our website, grafton-wi.org. Our first guest is playwright and director Kevin Ramsey. Kevin has written four plays, two of which were put on at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. His love of history and music has inspired him to write Chasing Dem Blues. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing today? Hey, I am well. Thank you for having me. Now, in the interview, Grafton City Blues with playwright Kevin Ramsey, which was published in the Milwaukee Rep 2007-2008 season prologue publication, you stated you were born and raised in New Orleans. Did the New Orleans culture of music, song, and storytelling influence you? Certainly. My love for music, my love for history is one of the things that attracted me to this story. I was in Milwaukee in 2006 working on another project on the life of Sam Cooke. And the PR person at the time at the rep, Cindy Moran, introduced me to a woman who worked for the mayor's office as the cultural liaison executive name was Cecilia Gilbert and we had coffee one day just sitting and talking and she mentioned that 30 miles up the road was this furniture company called the Wisconsin Chair Company mm-hmm. that as an incentive to sell phonographic records began recording artists blues artists folk artists gospel artists that intrigued me that this predominantly all-white immigrant town of Germans and Scandinavians were interested in recording these blues artists who, in the veil of darkness, usually came up to Grafton and record and left town. So I went up to Grafton. I, I, I somehow got connected with the awesome 
Angela McRiley, who became a really interesting person who pointed me into some directions. She was very immersed and excited that someone was uncovering this information. A book had just been written around the same time called Paramount's Rise and Fall by Alice Vandertook that was very well researched. There were a number of other folks in that space as well. Uh, Gail Warlow was another person. And, and, And so I went about just collecting information. And the idea fascinated me so that I spent the next year and a half researching and writing this musical, Grafton City Blues. And so being from New Orleans, uh, where it is a city of music, of culture, of, of storytelling, this musical, this story that I found out about seemed like a natural shoe-in for me to invest some time in. And so that's how that came about. I think that's such a unique story because, like you mentioned, Angela McRiley, she This was around the time that she discovered the history of Grafton as well. And so I think it's really important to note that not only Angela, not only people in Milwaukee, but also you as a playwright and director, you know, was really interested in the story that you wanted to write even more of a story so people can watch it and listen along and, you know, sing along. Because the songs that people, some people recorded, some people's records were made in Grafton. People really are familiar with the songs and the singers. So... What influenced you to write Grafton City Blues, which is now known as Chastened and Blues, really influenced everyone else in the area, as well to uncover the history of Paramount Records in our area. Yeah, I mean, Paramount, I mean, the Wisconsin Share Company, you know, Mm -hmm. was incorporated in 1888 by uh, a group of brothers, Frederick and John Dennett. And they were businessmen Mm -hmm. who certainly saw an opportunity to, once again, they, they were recording artists as an incentive to sell phonographic cabinets. They didn't really, there wasn't a big push like, oh, this is going to be a great thing. They were like, oh, well, we can give away some records as an incentive for these phonographic cabinets. It wasn't until uh, an African-American man by the name of Mayo Williams, who was a a Brown University graduate, he became basically the first executive for Paramount Records and was very influential as being the one who helped put Paramount Records on the map in terms of the quality of musicians that were being recorded. And that's what the other thing that fascinated me about the story. They weren't just recording any blues artists. They were recording, and I'm going to use this analogy, they were recording the Beyonce's of the time. They were recording these men and women who were setting the foundation for American and world music. The blues, there's a wonderful quote that, by Willie Dixon that says blues is the root. Mm-hmm. Everything else is the fruit. Yes. Meaning that blues music has created culture and the dynamics in America and throughout the world. And that fascinated me once again, that the men and women that were being recorded were the influencers, right? So we're in this social media space now. Mm-hmm. They were the influencers. And so everybody played a role. Right. The role of of transportation in terms of the train system being so the modern day Twitter in terms of how information was dispersed across the country was via the train line. Right. Information traveled that way. And so they were able to sell these phonographic cabinets along with these records. And for for a period of time in the 1920s, Paramount Records and Wisconsin Chair Company 
were the leading purveyor and distributor of, of race, as they would call a race music. I really appreciate your knowledge, and obviously you've researched a lot about the Wisconsin Chair Company and Paramount Records in Grafton. So I really appreciate you not only educating me, but also our listeners more about you know, what really has gone into it in the history and information about this unique history of Grafton. But obviously in the Paramount Records, it's very African-American focused. So the Milwaukee Repertory Theater has been introducing more and more African-American focused shows. Why do you think Chasing Dem Blues is still prevalent today to people who come to see the show? Because I, I, I think it's a piece that still speaks to a community. Okay. It's a, it's a piece that speaks to uh, racial bias mm-hmm. and racism. It's a piece that speaks to celebrating those who have come before us. Mm-hmm. Once again, the great British invasion, all of those musicians who came from England in the 60s and 50s, ask any one of them who were their greatest influencers, and they will say it was blues guitarists, mm-hmm. like Blind Lemon Jefferson or Sun House or Skip James. Sometimes history is skewed, like this, this piece of information being back in Milwaukee, it's always very fascinating. You know, I'll ask people two questions, and that is, have you ever heard of the Wisconsin Chair Company and Paramount Records? Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, people say no. And these are people who live right here. And then there's another question I ask is, uh, have you heard about the Milwaukee Rep? I would say half the people who live in this city have never been to the Milwaukee Rep. Oh, wow. Like, there's, a, there's, a, there's still a great disparity. And that's not just here in Milwaukee. You know, what is what what is the purpose of our arts institutions, especially not for profit ones mm-hmm. that, you know, some tax dollars go to pay for? It is to be inclusive. Right. It is to it is to include all stories. And I think stories right now are, are, are shifting and changing, you know, from uh, the whole movement now of gender identity and, mm-hmm. and one sexuality. That's a whole nother conversation that people are having. The question around. This music is prevalent today because I think, you know, within the music industry, there are still things that are happening that were happening in the early 1900s of, you know, artists not retaining or having the rights to their own publishing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not an old story, right? It's, it's, an, it's, I mean, it's not a new story. These right. stories have been around. And so because it speaks to community, because it speaks to the themes of culture, mm-hmm. of racism, I think it's prevalent. And once again, the piece is a celebration at the end of the day, right, of these men and women who forged this sound, of these executives who supplied the resources that allowed them to forge their sound. So it's always, uh, I'm very excited about the, the cast that's assembled. Mm-hmm. I think the audiences will walk away singing these songs, experiencing something that they may not have known about in the past, and hopefully begin a conversation around honoring these men and women who were the foundation, in my estimation, of, of, of the American sound. So why do you think that people should or need to see this show today? And I emphasize the word need because, like you said, there's messages in the play that are prevalent today as they were when the musicians were around yeah, I just think, uh, as as I said, you know, I, I just think there is a conversation that needs to be had, mm-hmm. like regarding who we are, our humanity, what these men and women contributed to world culture, and at the same time, it's 
it's very interesting to, to look at the musicians and how blues came about. And especially, too, I think it's important to note the fact that you said conversations because people can't be afraid to have these conversations because then you understand more and you understand the history of where you're from and where people are from and what influenced people to be who they were and what they produced for the world. Certainly. No doubt. No doubt. So moving on to talking a little bit about you, how many plays have you written and have you noticed a similar theme with the plays that you have written? Um, well, the rep has produced four pieces and i've written a total of six three i've collaborated or co-wrote and the other three uh, were solo efforts all of my writing comes from a place of exploring music and history so okay it it melds into those worlds right it's my love for music my love for revisiting history and so those have been the two motivating factors, right? And especially as it relates to the retelling of the African-American experience more, more directly, it's, it's been where my, my heart and my inspiration comes from. So, yeah. And what do you enjoy most about working with the rep and putting on productions for audience members at the rep specifically? I think like any institution, uh, where an artist has the ability to showcase their work is I'm always grateful. Mm -hmm. I've been coming to the rep since I first started coming to the rep in 1992. Okay. So it's a, it's a long history. And, you know, like all institutions, I've seen it change as, you know, administrations come and go, but they have continued to allow me a, uh, a platform to present this work. What is the main message of this play, and why do you think the message is so important to be told? Right, and I usually, you know, for me, I don't deal in messages. Um, okay, I, I'm not here to tell anybody anything. Sure, uh, I don't have a I don't have a message for anyone. I just know that this music celebrates these men and women who were the the forebearers of this thing called the blues or the American sound, right? And I, I think. That's important, you know, because like the history of people who live here, mm -hmm. folks don't know that right up the road, this factory uh, supplied jobs to, you know, hundreds of people at the same time helped to facilitate the distribution of this sound. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot to uncover, right? And I, and I mentioned before earlier, there's uh, the themes of racism, the themes of family, the themes of community, the themes of survival are prevalent throughout. But at the end of the day, the whole piece culminates into a tribute and a celebration. So it's really something that everyone of different backgrounds can relate to and understand oh, no doubt. the entire no production. Doubt. Yeah, it's been really interesting. The show, when it left, when it was first called mm -hmm. Grabs and City Blues, when it first was produced... I later changed the title because I realized even after the first time I did it, I was literally chasing the research. And I felt oh, like I was chasing sure. this history. And it, I thought that title gave it a different kind of universality and marketability. And the two subsequent productions that were done after the rep really allowed me to flush the piece out. It was done at the Delaware Theater Company mm -hmm. in 2011 and then done at in 2015 at Kenny Leon's True Colors Theater in Atlanta. And I have seen the show, you know, work 
for all audiences. All I know by, by the end of the show, people are standing on their feet. Sure. And like something has happened, right? Mm-hmm. And that always amazes me. <laughs> right. Like they kind of feel it inside of themselves instead of just watching it. They really. Right. I mean, and that's, you know, the reason why uh, the fourth wall is broken mm-hmm. at times because we uh, are having this conversation. Uh, we want the audience to step inside of the experience as well, as well as just being an, uh, a viewer. Sure. We want them to also be an active participant. And I think that's such a unique thing for audience members when the fourth wall is broken. You know, you hear that all the time in some movies and some plays that the fourth wall is broken. But even if they don't have acting experience as an audience member, they really feel connected to the play in other ways that they really wouldn't if it was just something that they were watching and not interacting with. Mm-hmm. But at the rep, you're not only the playwright, you're also the director. Is that something you commonly do with your shows, or is that just an opportunity that came about and you were able to grasp hold of? Yeah, I mean, for, for all of the shows in which have been written thus far, I also served as the director on, and that's just how that you know that has rolled out. But with these shows, you know, we're certainly open to licensing these shows as well. So. I still have a love for bringing the vision of this piece to light. And that doesn't mean someone else couldn't interpret the same script. And I'm looking forward to that day when that happens as well. Mm -hmm. Was there history in playwriting or what was your history in regarding your theater background? Well, yeah, I mean, I've born and raised in theater, basically. I started doing it when I was 12 years old. So I've been, and I'm now 60. So. I've been doing it for quite some time. I've been doing it professionally, I would say, since 1980. And so I've had a lot of great mentors who encouraged me to write and encouraged me to direct and choreograph. They just encouraged me to develop and tap into my all of my artistry as a creative artist. So I was sort of trained that way to, to, to be a multi-skilled artist, and I, I seek great pleasure in that. As you know, I started out as an actor, had an injury, and I sort of transferred over into this other space. So, okay, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, there is an intentionality about it, but yeah, so you're multi talented. Um, Is there anything else before we wrap up that you'd like to talk about the show? No, just that the audience has come down to see Chasing the Blues, which runs January 17th through March 22nd, Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be a, a good time. It's going to be be a really good time of great music, great story, and and hopefully on the verge of building great community in Milwaukee. Yes, we are excited for it. Um, Thank you so much, Kevin. I've really enjoyed talking with you and learning more about you and your inspiration behind the show. I really appreciate you taking time on your busy schedule to talk to our listeners about Chasing Them Blues. After the commercial break, we'll be speaking with Karen McMullen from the Milwaukee Repertory Theater about the exciting partnership with the Grafton Area Chamber of Commerce. So stay tuned. Join us for a night out at Milwaukee Rep, Wisconsin's largest professional theater, producing 15 shows each year. There is something for everyone, from musicals to new plays, comedies, and dramas. You can enjoy the full spectrum of live theater in downtown Milwaukee. This winter, Milwaukee Rep is thrilled to bring Chase and Dem Blues, untold story of Paramount Records, to the stage in the Stackner Cabaret. This exuberant musical celebration tells the story of Grafton's Paramount Records, which was the leading label for recording artists of color at the height of the jazz and blues age. 
Legendary artists including Louis Armstrong, Blind Lemon Jefferson, and Ma Rainey recorded at their Grafton studio. Don't miss an evening filled with incredible blues music interwoven with Paramount Records history in Chasin Dem Blues, January 17th through March 22nd. Join us today. For tickets and info, visit milwaukeerep.com. Welcome back, getawayans. We are still talking about Grafton Night at Chasin Dem Blues on Saturday, February 29th. For $100, you will receive your ticket, transportation to and from the Milwaukee Repertory Theater, and a three-course meal with non-alcoholic beverages included. You can still purchase tickets at www.grafton-wi.org. Our next guest is Kara McMullen from the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. Kara, I really appreciate you being here today. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you. Kara is the Director of Marketing at The Rep, and it has been a pleasure working with you, especially bringing our vision of Grafton Night to life, which is on February 29th at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. So, Kara, what is your role? Like I said, you're the marketing director at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater, but what do you do regarding shows and behind-the-scenes things? Sure. Well, um, basically, it's my job to to promote Milwaukee Rep and the, the 15 productions we do each season. Okay. And so I oversee things like advertising, um, ticket promotion, special events, and community partnerships. And working with the Grafton Chamber is like the perfect example of a, <laughs> of a partnership, you know, yes. with the local and historical connection with this show. So. so this show, which was previously known as Grafton City Blues, ran at the Repertory Theater in 2008. I don't know if you worked for them then, but what made this show come back to the Rep more than 10 years later? Sure. I didn't work for the rep uh, when we did it uh, back then, but we've worked with Kevin Ramsey, the director, many times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a show like this that's filled with great blues music and history and the the little known history uh, here in Wisconsin. Yes. That it it just made complete sense. You know, audiences enjoyed the show back then. And since then, Kevin has made some some changes and improvements to the script. So the time just really seemed right to to bring it back to the stage. Okay. So like you said, he's made some changes. So if people went to go see it 10 years ago, it's not the same show as it was? Um, I think it's very similar. Okay. I think that, you know, he just maybe flushed out a few things or, you know, changed a few songs. So perhaps nothing hugely noticeable, but, um, but definitely some minor changes. Because it's also been produced a few other places around the country since yes. then as well. So... So definitely worth it to come back and see it again. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What can audience members expect from Chasing Dem Blues? Sure. So we have um, four, four great, talented, multiple threat uh, musicians, storytellers performing these, you know, incredible blues songs in a, in a really intimate and immersive setting. And the story of Paramount Records is interwoven with about 30 different blues songs. So, oh, wow. So it's really a great mix of, of music and storytelling and I think just really an entertaining and informative evening. So it's truly a musical and something that the audience members can sing along and, you know, bob mm-hmm. their heads to and really immerse themselves in what is happening. So like you said, it's happening in a really immersive and intimate space, which is the Stactor Cabaret, your dinner theater style theater which is completely mm-hmm. different from really any style of theater compared to the Quadrachi Powerhouse, which is your Postimion Theater, and the Steinke Studio, which is your Black Box Theater. 
Mm-hmm. What is the benefit of doing this show in the Stackner Cabaret versus your huge Quadrachi powerhouse? Sure. Um, well, like you said, we have three great spaces at Milwaukee Rep, but I think the Stackner is the most intimate and it's the best spot for a, a show filled with music like okay. Chasing Den Blues. So so we really tend to do a lot of musicals and musical reviews and, and sort of intimate shows like this in the Stackner. And the theater just seats about 190 people. Mm-hmm. And you're seated at tables and you really feel part of the action because you're so close to to the stage and, and to the actors. I'm really excited to come see it. I've been on numerous tours of the rep. I've gone to numerous shows, but I've never actually been to a show in the Stactor Cabaret. So I'm really oh, excited to well, experience then... it and see how different it is going to a dinner style kind of show versus a huge proscenium one. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely more intimate and the actors can see you too, you know, it's that that connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what people who purchase these tickets for Grafton at Chase End and Blues can expect? So we have it listed online that we have a dinner package. What's all included with this package we're offering? Sure, sure. Well, um, another thing I was going to mention is that our Stackner was actually renovated in the summer of 2018. So, oh, very cool. So um, people that haven't been here in a while will see uh, we have a really great new modern decor and comfy new chairs. And a lot of people don't realize that the Stackner is a full service restaurant and bar. We have a new chef this season. So he's really brought some great new dishes to the menu. And um, I know the guests for Grafton Night will be able to choose from several options of a salad, various salads, and then various entrees, you know, depending on your tastes or if you're vegetarian or Mm gluten-free, and then um, also a delicious dessert. So there'll be lots of yummy choices. And then we also have a big selection of beverages, and we even have special theme drinks for every show. So if you want some... Oh, very cool. (laughs) <laughs> some blues and uh, Grafton themed drinks uh, you can choose from that as well that will be exciting definitely a unique experience mm-hmm. absolutely now we're going to talk a little bit about you have you ever been to Grafton Wisconsin and or taken the walking tour and been to our Paramount Plaza Yes, actually, when um, I'm originally from Grafton and so yes I've been to the Paramount Plaza and where did you live in Grafton when you lived there? Well, until I was about two, we we actually lived on 12th Avenue, like within about a block or so of the what is now the plaza. Okay. So, but of course, I don't remember that right. <laughs> particularly well. <laughs> but after that, my family moved just outside of Fredonia up in northern Ozaki County. So that's where I grew up. So, you know, about a 10, 15 minute drive from Grafton. And then actually my parents owned a furniture store in Grafton. And then later the store moved to uh, on Highway 60 right between Grafton and Cedarburg. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I was in Grafton on a weekly basis my you know entire growing up. So and my our family is all from there. So, yes, very familiar with Grafton. Very no doubt. Cool. Yes, I grew up in Grafton. So I kind of remember when they built the plaza, but I, I definitely remember it being a one way road. <laughs> Because yes, <laughs> people yes. would always get confused whether which way they should drive to get out to Highway 60. And so, <laughs> you know, I remember little bits and pieces of it, much like you. Mm-hmm. But although you don't live in Grafton now, what would you say to someone who is planning a visit to our community? 
I think Grafton is a, a lovely town. It's like you've said, it's it's definitely grown. Um, there are so many amenities and um, restaurants and things there. But I think that Grafton really retains that that small town feel. But mm-hmm. then it has the benefit of being such a, a quick drive from Milwaukee and being right on the freeway. So sort of the, the best of both worlds, I think, with yes. the small town feel and, and amenities as well. Especially in our downtown, we have a few different mm-hmm. plazas. We have the Mill Square, which has Collectivo and Bridal Store mm-hmm. and Candy Shop. And then we have our Paramount yes. Plaza, which is, you know, the mm-hmm. heart of our downtown. And then we have the Lumberyard Plaza, which is the newest plaza. And it has fire pits and outdoor seating and is what we call an urban yeah. park. So it's been kind of fun to watch mm-hmm. the growth of Grafton. Absolutely. I Every time I visit, I'm amazed at, you know, what, oh my gosh, there's something new, another restaurant to try and, and all those cool new housing and apartments. And yes. Definitely changing for the better. Yes. I was reading in a book about Grafton's history where it was once described as a progressive small town. And so much like you said, it has a small town feel, but Grafton's been growing nonstop. So if you blink your eye, you're like, when did this building get built? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> my my mom still lives in Sockville. So we're, I'm in okay. Grafton pretty often. And I'll be like, when did that get there? Oh, yeah. you know, another place to try out. So yes, it's really exactly. nice. New places to eat, new stores to shop at. What was your reaction when you heard about this unique piece of history that Grafton had a part of? You know, I really couldn't believe it when, when I learned about it. You know, like, mm-hmm. like we said, growing up, Growing up in the Grafton area, you just I had no idea that there was this fascinating part of of the town's history. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of mind boggling to think that all those legendary artists recorded at the Paramount Studios in Grafton. Right. And that it's just so great that the Grafton Chamber and other organizations in Ozaki County have been working to bring the story to life and and just really highlight that part of the history. Right. Something to kind of take advantage of and really appreciate and make sure that people know. Hmm. Yeah, I think I never heard any stories about it from like, you know, family members or anything that have a longer history in Grafton. So right. And a lot of people do have family members, you know, you know, of people who kind of know a little something about it, but it really has such a rich history that should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why we're thrilled that Kevin, the playwright has, you know, has put this story on the stage because it's it's a whole nother thing to, you know, to be able to go and see the actual site and then experience the music and the story on stage right. is a, a pretty great combination. And he was telling us earlier that it truly is the story, whether you are interested in blues music, whether you are from the area, you know, it's really prevalent today because it tells such a story of community and it tells a story of well, you tell me, what do you think of Chasing the Blues and why do you think audiences will be so, you know, entranced by right, it and right. want to really be involved in the show? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we're actually, the the first performance is coming up this Friday, so mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I've, you know, read the script. And I've seen bits and pieces of rehearsal. And I think these four actors, actor musicians are just, you know, they're so talented. So just the music alone is going to be so powerful. And then and then weaving it with the story that is such a strong connection to people here in Wisconsin. It's just really great and and so cool that it's, you know, keeping the story alive for four more people 
to learn and enjoy. Yes, and more people to learn more about the history. And I've been kind of keeping up to date on your social media pages, on your Facebook page. You've been posting kind of mm-hmm. teasers of the show and introducing mm-hmm. us to cast members. So it's kind of fun before coming to the show, too. You get to know more about the characters and the people performing the characters and really seeing mm-hmm. their passion towards the people they are portraying. Exactly, exactly. I think that they're all really invested in telling this story. And actually, one of the actors was in the production um, when we did it in 2008, and a few of them have been in other productions around the country. So they're definitely, you know, committed to to telling this story and, and really believe in it. So that mm-hmm. comes through. And I can definitely see why talking to Kevin Ramsey, his passion and his knowledge of this play and the mm-hmm. history of the blues music is amazing when he was telling me things I was learning things that I didn't even know happened Mm -hmm. and so I think it's important to have cast members who are passionate just like their playwright and director are exactly Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share about this show before we wrap up today um I don't think so we're just thrilled to be to be working with the Grafton Chamber and bringing this you know bringing the story to life for Grafton and Wisconsin audiences to enjoy well, having Grafton as part of the Blues Trail sure is a unique aspect of Grafton. That is something mm-hmm. to be embraced and honored. So thank you so much, Kara. I am so grateful that you've had the same enthusiasm working with us at the Grafton <laughs> Chamber of Commerce as we do to work with you. I hope residents are excited to come to Grafton Night at Chasing Them Blues. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you. Well, thank you. After the commercial break, you'll hear from our next guest, Angie Mac Riley. We specialize in dry rub barbecue, smoked on-site in our smokers named after the Blues Brothers, Jake and Elwood. Our signature menu items include beef brisket, burnt ends, pulled pork sandwiches, and an ample array of sides. Choose from our many house-made barbecue sauces or our signature Atlas Mayo. We have something for everyone, from Carolina style to Texas style and Kansas City. Whether a date night or a larger party in our map room, Atlas is the perfect place to celebrate every occasion. Your mouth is probably watering by now, so come to Atlas Barbecue in the heart of downtown Grafton to enjoy barbecue, the blues, brisket, burnt ends, bourbon, beer, or whatever you prefer. Visit www.atlas-bbq.com or follow Atlas Barbecue on Facebook to learn more. Welcome back, getaways. I have a very special guest and longtime Grafton resident, Angie Mac Riley. Welcome, Angie. Thank you for having me. Angie has been very active with the arts in Grafton and, most importantly, instrumental in uncovering the blues history in Grafton. So, Angie, you and I actually know each other from when I acted at Grafton's local performing arts school, North Shore Academy of the Arts, and you were my director. Yes. From what I remember, you were you had so much passion for the arts, and now you own Ozaki Talent. But, however, today we're going to talk about another passion of yours, uncovering the blues history in Grafton, Wisconsin. So... First, let's get this clear for our viewers. There is blues history in our small town of 16,000 people, correct? Yes, history that has a huge cult-type following around the world, actually. Oh, wow. Well, let's get right into it then. So tell me about yourself and what made you so passionate about the blues history in Grafton, Wisconsin. Well, I moved to Grafton from Madison, Wisconsin around 1995, My husband at the time got hired at Harnischbager in Milwaukee, and with Grafton being so close, we thought it would be a great community to raise our three sons, who were all under the age of five at the time. We moved into the townhomes on West Falls Road. 
Meanwhile, I was a musician and eventually a music director at Spirit Life Church in Mequon. I was in the middle of self-producing my first album called Comfort My People um, when I received a letter in the mail from a record collector. He was offering to pay $5,000 in cash for rare records. I thought it was strange because I had been living in Grafton for several years and never heard of the recording studio that he was talking about. I seriously thought it was a hoax. <laughs> when I learned that the record factory and recording studio were basically on the same road that I was living on, huh. I was incredibly surprised. I tried looking online for information, but couldn't find any. So I went to the Grafton Library, and they directed me to a book by a Netherlands author called Paramount's Rise and Fall. As I read that book, I was compelled to tell the story of this record company that had a huge influence on American music. My initial feeling was anger and confusion that this history seemed to be vastly undermined. So I took that passion and began a long journey of advocating for the musicians who recorded for the Paramount record label. I contacted the Netherlands author, Alex Vandertoek, and we began to construct a website called ParamountsHome.org. To my knowledge, this was the first information available online about the record label. We spent thousands of hours archiving articles that Alex wrote, conducting interviews, gathering and archiving photos, and talking with people around the world in our forum. Keep in mind, this was before Facebook and social media apps. Alex and I emailed each other almost daily. We knew that this information needed to be public knowledge. And in 2006, the Wisconsin Historical Society gave us the annual website award. Oh, wow. <laughs> what an honor. So besides the interviews and articles that you were talking about with him, what else went into making the Paramount Walking Tour? And where did you find all the historical facts, informations, pictures? Because like you said, it wasn't easily accessible at the time because the internet was relatively brand new. Nothing was mm -hmm. really on mm -hmm. the internet and you can't really find much information about the Paramount records in the area. Right. Well, most of the information came from our paramountshome.org website and or Alex Vandertoop's book. Okay. And I had also served on the Grafton Historic Preservation Commission for a few years when Ralph Zahn was the chairperson. Mm -hmm. And members on that committee offered their thoughts and as we were compiling the booklet. And then Philip Litho in Grafton was kind enough to print boxes of copies for us. I think it was published in 2008, so it could use some updating. Oh, sure. Grafton resident Melissa Gumina-Schmitz, myself, and Alex Vandertuk put together the self-guided walking tour. And since then, a lot of notable visitors have contacted me requesting a personalized tour, which I've been doing at no cost. People can find a digital copy on the University of Madison Library website. Oh, very cool. So this was truly a community effort. Mm -hmm. It was truly your passion that brought the information to the Grafton community, but it was really a community effort with everyone in the area. And it sounded like it really sparked interest and people wanted to know more, much like you did. Was there mm -hmm. anything unique that you found while searching for the information, like looking for items 
literally in the Milwaukee River, like you said before, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, the PBS History Detective show came mm-hmm. and did a segment, and you can look for that on YouTube. It's called Lost Musical Treasure. So that kind of talks about the Milwaukee River thing. But as far as myself, one of the famous blues artists, his name was Arthur Blind Blake, and he mysteriously went missing after he recorded in Grafton in 1932. There were rumors that he was hit by a streetcar or that he died of alcoholism. And researchers have been trying to solve the mystery of his death for years. And then in 2011, I had the honor of working with an international team of researchers, and we discovered that Blind Blake lived in various places in Milwaukee. I discovered his unmarked grave in a swampy part of Glen Oak Cemetery in Glendale, Wisconsin, and articles were published about it in the UK's Blues and Rhythm magazine, in Japan's Blues and Soul magazine, and online at onmilwaukee.com, to name a few. It was a big discovery for the international blues community. We were able to obtain his death certificate and discovered that he allegedly died of tuberculosis. Another interesting fact is that the only known photo of him was taken in downtown Grafton at Photography by Michael. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm just kind of in awe sitting over here listening to you talking about all the research you've done and how really in-depth you've gone to uncover this history that you know, kind of came to you by accident. You didn't go searching for it. It came to you. So it really (laughs) was a sign (laughs) that you were the person to find this for Grafton. Mm -hmm. But although there is more information in the Paramount Walking Tour Guide, are there any remnants from the time that the people would come up to record the blues records? Well, the saddest and the most tragic part of this history is that so little of it was preserved. Mm -hmm. It's baffling that over 1,600 songs were recorded in Grafton between 1929 and 1932, and there is little hard evidence to be found. The record factory was a massive building that sat along the Milwaukee River on 12th Avenue and Falls Road, Mm -hmm. and it employed many of the locals. Sadly, it was demolished. Only remnants of the foundation remain, and we have yet to find photos of the recording studio interior. We have yet to find recordings from some of the key artists, such as Willie Brown. Mm -hmm. So Alex Vandertuk is really the leading world authority on this historical evidence. He has literally dedicated his life to researching anything and everything about this topic. Do you know how or why he found out information about the Paramount Records or if this is something that he grew up knowing with having No, I think and I wish I remember what band he was researching, but there was a band, I want to say it was a European band, and he was kind of digging into their roots, you know, the history of their music. And it led him to the recordings from Grafton and he was hooked. He was absolutely (laughs) intrigued and he has he's dedicated thousands of hours to trying to find anything and everything he can wow so you mentioned besides on the uw madison's archive you can find the paramount walking tour guide at the grafton area chamber of commerce at 1624 wisconsin avenue in grafton 
Now, you have a lot of passion. It's clear talking to you about the history of this in Grafton. What has been your favorite part about working on this project? Well, without a doubt, my favorite part about working on this project has been the people around the globe that I've met. Mm -hmm. We have had famous writers, researchers, journalists, filmmakers, and people in the music industry come through under the radar. Sure. And I've had the honor of working with a lot of them. Uh, Jack White is a famous musician. Mm -hmm. Many people know him through the the White Stripes. Mm -hmm. Um, He put together two box sets commemorating the songs and the stories affiliated with the label. And each box set won a Grammy Award in two separate years. And I was able to be a contributor to Jack White's project through ParamountsHome.org. Oh, wow. And most, most locals don't know about these Grammy Awards from 2014 and 15. Okay. And I believe that people can check these box sets out at the Port Washington and Grafton libraries. I strongly recommend it. Yes. Now I've heard about those. I haven't gotten a chance to look at those for myself, but I know that they're kind of rare, correct? You can't find a lot of them, but we're lucky enough to have a couple of those in our county. Mm -hmm. Besides ParamountHome.com, unless this is the place that you would recommend, where can people go to find more information about the rich history of the Paramount Blues in Grafton? Well, like I said, looking into Jack White's multimedia box set is really recommended. He preserved the recordings on a USB drive, okay. and it's fascinating to listen to the recordings. People can also look for any of Alex Vandertuk's books. Okay. A newer edition of Paramount's Rise and Fall was just issued in April of 2019. And then I also maintain a Facebook page called Paramount Records, recording the Delta Blues, I would encourage people to like that page. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, ParamountsHome.org is out of commission at the moment. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to share about your journey in uncovering this history in Grafton, Wisconsin? Well, again, I'm thankful for the people around the world that I've met and have worked with. And I'm also glad to see that Grafton was willing to dedicate their downtown plaza design to Paramount Records. Mm -hmm. During its inception, I was the chairperson for the Paramount Plaza Walk of Fame. It was an international committee of people. And the giant piano walk of fame is definitely something worth visiting. People can see some of the names of the musical giants that recorded for the record label. And Grafton also has a Mississippi Blues Trail marker on the corner of 12th Avenue and Falls Road worth visiting. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that other genres of music were recorded here. For example, Lawrence Welk recorded six songs in Grafton. Oh, wow. This is part of Wisconsin's cultural history, and it's worth preserving and telling. So I'm really excited that the Milwaukee rap is featuring Chase and the Blues mm-hmm. and that the story will be told theatrically. And yes. I strongly encourage anyone who is listening to buy a ticket and to see the show. It will totally blow your mind that this music came out of Wisconsin. Yes, So I grew up in Grafton, so I vaguely remember what the downtown looked like. I remember it was a one-way road, Mm -hmm. but when you were building the plaza, can you give our viewers, I know they are listening to this right now, but Mm -hmm. when you're walking down the Walk of Fame, you see the piano keys, but from the air, what does the plaza look like? Well, the plaza was designed to look like a giant piano. And then the design also has a giant Paramount record. 
Okay. And it has the lines in the downtown design resemble a guitar. So you can kind of see the side of a guitar. And then there's also a sculpture of, it's kind of a rendition of three artists. Mm -hmm. It's not perfectly identical to the artist. It's it's just a rendition of Louis Armstrong, Ma Rainey, and Sunhouse. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's quite fascinating to see. Very cool. So if you have a chance, come visit our town of Grafton. Um, we have the picture of the aerial view of our downtown on the Grafton Area Chamber of Commerce Facebook page. So if you're more interested in seeing what that looks like, But Angie, I've really appreciated talking to you today and learning more about your passion about the Paramount Blues. I'm really excited for Milwaukee's Repertory Theater to feature a story about Grafton. I know he's changed Mm -hmm. the title to Chasing Them Blues from Grafton City Blues, but it's a neat way to really connect our big city of Milwaukee to our small town and village of Grafton. So yes, thank you. That wraps up our show for today. I hope this show sparked some excitement for the Milwaukee Repertory's musical, Chasing Dem Blues. Grafton Night at Chasing Dem Blues is Saturday, February 29th. You can still purchase tickets at www.grafton-wi.org. To learn more about everything happening in Grafton, Wisconsin, be sure to follow Visit Grafton and Grafton Area Chamber of Commerce on Facebook. This is Annalise Jasinski with Getaway to Grafton, giving you the podcast that gives you a behind-the-scenes look of everything happening in Grafton, Wisconsin. Until next time, getaway ends.